3: Now, here are your hosts,
4: Peggy Ann Saltz and Shahab Zaghari. Welcome to Mobile Presence. As always, bringing you the experts to help you optimize and maximize your mobile strategy. I'm Shahab Zaghari, award-winning filmmaker and executive director of marketing at Higher Ground Creative Agency.
1: And I'm Peggy Ann Saltz from Mobile Groove, providing custom research and content marketing to the global mobile industry. So, Shahab, we have a guest that you found very interesting, first of all, from your neck of the woods, so Las Vegas, and uh, also very focused <laughs> on uh, on apps, but at a very different level. Tell me about it.
4: So, our guest today, he is a force to be reckoned with in Vegas. He's mm-hmm. so busy doing so many different things that I was wondering if we could get him on the show. And so, uh, having him on the show, totally honored. He's been an entrepreneur, has Done all kinds of things in the marketing realm, in the mobile sphere, and currently owns and runs post-launch, which is postlaunch.co. And it's a pleasure to have him. So, Jeffrey Radcliffe, thank you so much for joining us today.
0: Fantastic. Thank you both for having me on. And I appreciate taking the time. This is this is really a passion play for me. I, I have a lot of thoughts in this space of how to be the best you can be when it comes to creating mobile apps and growing your audience and actually making mobile application or mobile venture into a success. I'm really excited to talk through some of my ideas.
4: That's great. And so just to start, tell us a little bit about post-launch and what brought you to post-launch? Like, How did you get to where you are today?
0: Absolutely. And I'll give you the most possibly abridged version of this story. I started out doing online marketing back in 1999. I was a, a kid selling sightseeing tours on the internet, hmm. and I took a company, and we did about $50,000 selling sightseeing tours online in our first year, and grew it to $26 million annually, and then sold it for $40 million bucks back in 2005, so it was a true you know, internet success post-boom. It was a really fantastic venture for me, but I really got a chance to cut my teeth on the marketing side. Now, my background, my degree is in public relations, so I always try to apply Mm. a digital aspect to traditional PR practices. Getting the word out there is really what it comes down to at the end of the day. For the previous half decade to starting post-launch, I was working with a mobile app development firm in Las Vegas. And in the five and a half years I was there, we built and launched roughly 150 mobile applications for iPhone, Android. We even did BlackBerry. We even had people come in with off-brand tablets looking for mobile applications. So it was a really pretty robust and healthy development shop. The problem was every single one of those applications that we were involved in launching died on the vine. And what had happened was people came in with great ideas. We'd sit around. We'd plan out what it would take to really, really make it a success. And then as soon as the app was launched, people would do nothing with it. And they'd come back to me and they'd say, Jeff, what do we need to do to get success? And I said, you need to tell
4: people about it. You need to tell the world about it. Well, how do we and, do that? And, and, sorry, let me, let me jump in there. So what did success look like to them at that point? Was it user retention or just downloads? So
0: most of the products we worked on had at least some revenue plan in the high-level business plan. Oh, okay, okay. So success was, I want to quit my job and just run this app. Mm-hmm which is very much a unicorn, right? It's almost impossible to see that happen anymore.
1: So what did you, I mean, we'll we'll get into a lot more of the advice you give your clients, but initially you thought to yourself, what, there has to be something, there has to be more done post-launch and it has to be more tactical, more strategic. It has to be well thought out. You can't just, you know, launch and they will come.
0: Right, right. And that was the Mm -hmm. big thing that a lot of people believed. Oh, all I got to do is put an app in the app store and people will find it and it's great. And it might be a really great piece of tech, but the reality is, and we were talking about some stats earlier before the show the amount, the sheer amount yeah. of mobile applications that get published, you've become part of the noise really, really quickly.
2: Yeah, I was
1: going to say, it's interesting on- that you mentioned that because I'd like to hear from you a little bit of the advice you offer so that people do rise above that noise. I mean, it's nearing 2,000 a day in right. the App Store, Apple App Store alone. Okay, so right. it's huge. It's huge. And <laughs> I personally have just wrapped up several weeks of work on a VentureBeat mobile report coming out soon, all about mobile app ASO. Yes. So, you know, getting discovered, even getting the download, it's no reason to break out the champagne because getting a download means that there's a good chance not far thereafter you're going to be deleted anyway.
0: Yes, yes. And so what are you're, you're right, it's, it's such an incredibly crowded space. It really is an opportunity to honk your horn, wave your flag, get, rise above the din, become the signal out of the noise that people can actually attach to. And I'll use the cheesiest analogy that I, that I always ever use. You really need to fish where the fish are. You need to find where people are consuming data about these applications. It's not a matter of telling your cousin in Missouri to go ahead and check it out and give me feedback. You have to become a broadcast source for your own brand. And that's where the post-launch mentality comes in. We sort of live by the theory that you should be spending at least two-thirds of your
4: entire development
0: budget on marketing in your first year after launching your application.
4: So that development money doesn't just disappear now that the app exists. Keep it going and and put it to to marketing. So with your clients, I mean, can you give us some examples of what that looks like and what you've done with your clients to to market them?
0: Absolutely. So one of, and I'd love to give you two examples. I've got one that was a great success and one that was a great failure. And what had happened was one was a mobile application that consolidated events. And we're not talking about ticket sales, but really sort of public events, call them farmer's markets, call them soccer tournaments, call them Mm -hmm. food festivals. And it went through and it would consolidate all these events and pull them into a single spot. And it did very well. the application the initial application was probably a development budget around hundred and fifty thousand dollars, had a pretty robust backend, and the team ended up raising just over a million dollars to run this mobile application and get it going and had a robust team. Unfortunately, it had fallen flat in its mission because nobody really cared. nobody was super interested in paying money to showcase their farmers market they weren't interested in paying money to showcase their food festival through this single channel it just didn't have enough reach so the application failed because the individuals and this is something that we talk about and you guys probably talk about it a lot in your own ventures but they never took the time to actually identify who their audience was and what it was going to wow. take it's, mm. it's just consolidate out all these efforts and people are going to swarm to the application the reality was that it, wasn't, it was never marketed. It was supposed to be a viral growth where someone would say, oh, this is cool. Let me invite my friends to join me at this farmer's market. And it really, really fell flat because it didn't help people in any way that they needed to be helped. They could find out about a farmer's market simply by using a search engine. Right. It wasn't disrupting enough to the overall, to the overall marketplace. So so what we was had the, the solution? Chance to help market it, it really, really, you know, everything that came out of that application fell flat. Because people really didn't need the product. So from a marketing standpoint, we had some big names connected. We had some very influential people. We won some contests. There was a lot of visibility and a lot of downloads. The thing was getting almost 15,000 downloads a week. But there was absolutely no way to turn it into a success because there just wasn't a revenue model attached to it.
1: What was that? Just then just put it in the bin and, and keep going? Chuck yeah, that one away and think of a different one?
0: Soon as the, well, as soon as the investment money ran out, it shut down, and it's, yeah. it's sitting on a shelf collecting dust right now.
1: What was the monetization wow. model for that, I'm just wondering? What did they try to do? They tried to, what, get farmers to advertise about their farmer's market, right?
0: Yes, exactly. That was the only, that was the only well, model, and so, where they were ticketed. So
1: poorly thought out.
0: <laughs> right. Right.
1: So, so, so let's hear a good positive story here, Jeff. One, one that one that you could turn around and make work because maybe they put some effort into the product in advance.
0: Right. So this was one, and I always, I always sort of talk about this when I'm speaking with someone for the first time about their product. What is your passion? What are you interested in? The money will follow if there's true passion behind the product. We worked with one that was a game. This was a game that was developed by a TV celebrity who actually has. A real passion for history and quizzes. And we had the opportunity to work on this. So, what we did, we actually had some celebrity push behind it, which was always nice. But Mm -hmm. this one came out as a competitor to Trivia Crack right about the same time Trivia Crack was gaining in popularity. So, from a marketing perspective, we could actually ride the coattails of that product. Anytime people were engaging through social media, through Facebook, through Twitter, through even Instagram, going through and saying, hey, I'm playing Trivia Crack, we would jump right into the mix and fire back and say, hey, you should play this game instead. You should engage with this game instead. And we were getting 400 downloads a day on the mobile application through an aggressive social media outreach campaign, as well as a public relations campaign that kind of went along with the launch of this mobile application. So the mobile app for every user, it targeted approximately $6 a month in in in-app purchases. So,
4: so was they were very, essentially very making their money back.
0: Success, yeah. It worked out extremely well. It grew and grew and grew. And then it happened to be coupled with a television show that was canceled. So the app is still live and out there. It was one that was roughly an $80,000 investment to build for multiple platforms. The money was made back entirely in the first 60 days. Wow. And then everything after that was gravy hmm. on top of the application. That's, that's this amazing. One, this was one that was Great. a really cool, true success, but it was a couple between a social media engagement campaign with with users to get downloads, to get action on the game, as well as a traditional PR campaign, getting articles written in newspapers, which Mm. sounds very, very antiquated to a lot of people in the digital world, but there still is a whole lot of people that consume that content, and a lot of people say, "Ah, why do I want published in newspapers? Well, almost every single newspaper has an online presence as well.
4: Definitely. Definitely. Now, w- we in the you have people- to kind of cut in here and go to break, but listeners, don't go anywhere. We have a lot more to talk about. We have Jeffrey Radcliffe with us, and don't go anywhere. We'll be right back.
3: Mobile Presence will be back after we connect you to our sponsors. The opinions expressed on this program Find out why you should trust your website with Orange Hill. Contact Orange Hill for a consultation today at orangehilldevelopment.com. Mobilizing your marketing and engagement efforts. Welcome back to Mobile Presence, only on Webmaster radio.fm.
4: Welcome back to Mobile Presence. I'm Shahab Zagari with Higher Ground Creative Agency.
1: And I'm Peggy Ann Saltz with Mobile Groove.
4: And again, we have Jeffrey Radcliffe of PostLaunch with us today. And when we went to break, we were talking about you know, one of your successes and you know, things that are done right and, and incorrectly. But one thing that I kind of want to go back and ask you about is, you know, how important is it to get a celebrity or a digital influencer to push you know, a business? It doesn't even have to be an app, but a brand. Absolutely. It is becoming
0: so paramount. There, again, it goes back to the fact that there's so many things that are happening in our world where it's so bombarded by information. Mm-hmm. Pushing in on someone else's audience is actually easier than ever and less expensive than ever. I mean, years ago, if I needed to hire John Bon Jovi to talk about my product, I'm going to pay him several million dollars. To come on and produce a television commercial, now I can reach out to a YouTube celebrity, an Instagram celebrity, a Twitter celebrity for some significant reach to throw my message into their own feed and connect with their audience of millions of people for usually less than a grand.
1: So how do you do that? I'm just curious. I mean, what would you suggest? Would you suggest to app developers and companies, of course, should they go out and negotiate this on their own? Should they come to you for that? Because... I have the feeling increasingly that, in- that YouTubers are understanding slowly what they're worth.
0: Right. So there there's a couple different channels. Depending on how much time someone has, they can actually go through and determine an algorithm on their own or use something like Clout to determine whether or not somebody has the influence that they're looking for and contact them directly. Depending on again depending on the time they have, this could take hours and hours and hours to get with people. My firm keeps a list of people that we've worked with in the past that are keen to take on our content, our messaging, Mm -hmm. and share it out with their own audiences. But there's also agencies now that represent online celebrities, people you may have never heard of, but they will come through and actually you can pay the agency and they'll sort of broker the deal for you.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, what what do you do, Shahab? I mean, I mean, it's becoming really important. Influencer marketing is you know a branch of content marketing that is just you know one of those ways to get buzz that is um, you know low, maybe low budget, but high ROI. What do you do with your clients? Do they ask for this?
4: They don't ask for it, but we do recommend it. We highly recommend Mm -hmm. it. I mean within the past six months alone, major brands from Dell to you know Coca Cola, they've reached out to these YouTube stars or what have you uh, Mm -hmm. to do that. In fact, Vine, which Peggy, you know I love and I I Vine (laughs) three, four times a day, they're essentially an ad agency. And you know, maybe not as far as business Mm -hmm. plans are concerned, but they essentially are that talent agency that Jeff was talking about, not, you know, labeled as such, but they have all of their top influencers who get, you know, a million revines or likes a day, and then you can go through one of the partner agencies to hire them. And he's right. It's so much cheaper and yet more quantifiable. Right.
1: Mm -hmm. So where does this figure in the, the budget, Jeff? I mean, you said two-thirds of what you put into developing your app you need to put into marketing. So How would you I'm, split that up?
0: Yeah, so I'm going to throw out my standard answer because I'm, I'm not in the app development okay. space anymore. I'm in the app marketing space. Right. But because of my history in the app space, at least once a week someone contacts me and says, I want to talk to you. I've got an idea for a mobile app. <laughs> and it happens again and again and again. And before I'm willing to hear any ideas – I fire back with, do you have a quarter million dollars to spend? And Uh, if they don't, I'm not interested in in even continuing the discussion. And here's where I go with that. A quarter million dollars will allow you to develop a mobile app for iPhone, Android, tablet, and potentially a browser version of your app if needed. Then it should give them a two-year runway to be able to market this thing and have some success. I sort of live by those numbers that that's what it takes to build an app business right now. If they don't have that, I don't believe that there's a measure of success. Everything has shut down the ability for people to accidentally discover. I mean, it's so hard for things to go mm-hmm. viral these days because everybody's monetizing their platforms in the best possible way. And that's great. I mean, companies are out there to make money, but apps don't get discovered without a significant spend behind them. So you say I... say that, Shahab
1: quarter of a million dollars, you said, Jeff. Shahab, does that sound on the mark? It sounds a little bit depressing for I, I, our I, I, listeners, maybe, but... Uh.
4: <laughs> well, so there's there's a couple things. So A, I think that's a little low, you know? Uh, what I would say is quarter of a million dollars for the marketing budget. And then that would maybe not ensure that you're featured on the, you know, App Store's main page, but at the very least getting into the hands of the people that would become loyal users. But, you know, on the other side of things, a lot of startups do one, two, three rounds of fundraising. So go out and fundraise, you know, go to these shark tank type things and and pitch your idea and win some money and and you can raise it. It's not that bleak or that difficult you know investors aren't just giving free money away they see something in your app or your product and they know that they're going to get a return on their investment and that's why they're giving you quarter of a million dollars or whatever it is so yeah i mean don't don't look at it as a bleak thing look at it as a goal all right well we gotta get a quarter of a million dollars and
1: and then we can talk to jeff
4: and then we can talk to jeff yeah <laughs> so So it's have have shahab's team design it and you know jeff's team get those articles uh, and it's a win-win i don't want people to feel depressed and it really is a
0: commitment (laughs) issue as well if they're willing and shahab you hit the nail right on the head if they're willing to go out and raise or work to put together that much money they're intrinsically committed to the success of their product even Mm -hmm. if they don't spend it all they've taken the first step to show that they really want it to be a success
1: So you mentioned articles last time and this time, and I know this because I do this with my clients, right? I'm a I'm a writer. You're an an article
4: writer. (laughs) I'm an article.
1: I write articles. I write reports. I'm an author. I'm an analyst. And then they say, "Hey, you know, ghostwrite," and it's of course of yes, yes, that's what I do with my clients. And you mentioned newspapers. I just wonder if you have any tips or thoughts around that? Because there's also a lot of other outlets, you know, we have the possibility to take it on the road yourself, put it on medium, do something interesting. I mean, there's different platforms. Do you have a pick of what you suggest to your clients?
0: With us, it's a lot of times our clients come to us and say, what do we do? So we sit down and put together a strategic plan. And it really depends. I mean, we're working on a mobile app, we're marketing a mobile app right now that is a let's call it Uber for ambulatory care appointments. So hmm. if you need to see a doctor right now and you're out of your, you know, you're out of your main uh, home area, you sure. dial this up and it tells you someone who can come see you right now or someone you can go to and get an appointment right this second. Now that level of application, that's not necessarily going to resonate with an Instagram celebrity. I can't have Khloe Kardashian pushing that out right. on Instagram every day, but engaging with the medical community Engaging on things like you know WebMD Web MD and Health Check and all these different medical content distribution sources to say, hey, here's something that you need. And with the level of laser targeting that we can get into with target marketing, content marketing, native advertising, whatever you want to call it, and even retargeting advertising, we can hit these people when we know they're out of town and we know they're feeling ill and we know they're Googling doctors in their area and push the ads right to them in that space.
1: That's an amazing type of app, by the way, Jeff. That really is, I have to say. Because you mentioned before, you know, have a good product. These people obviously thought about their users.
0: Yes. And so conversely, we're working on another project right now, which is – and this is, I find this one really pretty interesting, and we're in an election season here. So it is very, very timely. This individual has has invented a mobile application that allows you to see how your personal – feelings on every single bill that's coming through federal and state congressional level how you would have voted and how your votes stack up against your current elected officials mm-hmm. which is pretty good because that information is really oh. really hard to get to these days yeah uh, you have to spend I'm- a lot of time researching but it, it matches it up for you it says here's every bill that went in front of the senate this year how would you vote yay or nay in each one and then it immediately spits out a score and says well guess what you don't agree with your own elected officials. Maybe you should vote. Wow, that's really cool. That is very that, that cool. That is really cool. Yeah, right. I like that. And when you consider the power that it provides, even to the elected officials to say, "Hey, your constituents don't agree with you. Maybe you should rethink the way that you're servicing the people that put you in office." It actually helps with a lot of different fronts. So, where do we distribute that application? We can't. I mean, the client says, "Okay, you know, team at post launch, where do we push this?" So, it needs to go into people who are highly vocal on a political front. And whether or not they turn to social media, whether or not they turn to their blogging, whether or not it's you know radio shows like this one or someone like Rush Limbaugh who wants to get on board and say, listen, check out this mobile application. This is something that's going to be really pretty powerful in the future to help you know keep people's eyes on what matters. Because I don't know if you ever tried to read a congressional bill, but we're <laughs> used to reading things 140 characters at a time, right? Right. So right. sitting down and reading a 50-page bill on whether mm-hmm. or not they should allocate more money for road work or high schools is really pretty, really pretty difficult to consume.
4: Hmm. Well, that's a good place to take our last break of the episode. Listeners don't go anywhere. We have Jeffrey Radcliffe from post launch. We'll be right back. Mobile
3: presence. will be back after we connect you to our sponsors.
2: Oh yeah. My day is done. Time for
3: happy hour. You're already done for
0: the
2: day.
3: BruceClay.com Mobilizing your marketing and engagement efforts. Welcome back to Mobile Presence, only on WebmasterRadio.fm
4: And we're back. Welcome back to Mobile Presence. I'm Shahab Zagari with Higher Ground Creative Agency.
1: And I'm Peggy Ann Saltz with Mobile Groove.
4: And again, we have Jeffrey Radcliffe with us from Post-Launch. It's been an amazing show so far. Usually in this part of the show, Jeff, what we have is we, we have our guests give us a top three tips for our listeners uh, loosely based around what we were talking about today. And one thing, you know, again, when they approach you and you say, okay, well, do you have a quarter of a million dollars? No, come back to me. I mean, that is a huge red flag for you and not to get involved or what have you. So for our listeners, for the entrepreneurs and business owners and you know, app developers that are listening, what are three top tips you can give them on how to know when to just cut and run? Perfect.
0: So the first thing I'm gonna recommend, my very first tip, is take your non-disclosure and shove it. <laughs> if uh. you're making me sign a non-disclosure, this means you haven't taken the time to show your idea or talk to your idea about the people who are gonna be your end consumers. Uh. So immediately if I'm asked to sign a non-disclosure, I'm, I'm so turned off by the entire experience that I don't think there's going to be any success with the application whatsoever. Identifying your audience out of the gate is going to be one of the most important things. Two, my second tip would be to iterate and start with a click-through prototype and do a focus group. Spend as little money as you can dialing in your idea to something that's really going to resonate. And don't ask your friends. Ask strangers. And don't say that you're the publisher You know, go in as a true stranger, find someone on the street, stand in front of a Walmart and pay people $5 to take a look at your prototype. Uh Whatever it takes, just get, you know, 50 or 100 people to look at what you've built so that you're not going to market with something that isn't ideal for your end consumer. And the third thing, my third piece of advice is, and this resonates with startups, whether they be web, whether they be mobile, whether they be, you know, even brick and mortar buildings, plan on not making any money in your first two years. If it happens, that's great, yeah. but this is going to be a long-tail venture. There's very few overnight app successes anymore where someone makes a million dollars in a week. If it happens to you, God bless you, but the reality is that this is hard. You're starting a business, and you need to take the time and effort to realize that it's not work. This isn't, these aren't a hobby business to become you know a successful mobile app publisher anymore.
1: I just have this big smile on my face right here because, Jeff, those are some very interesting tips. They're really straightforward. I mean, my favorite one has to be you don't ask your friends. It's, it's interesting because that's the problem. A lot of app developers, and I've read this, these are stats, you know, something like 20% of app developers have the user in mind when they're making their app because they just love it. They just love it, and they hang around with all their friends, and then yep. they say their friends, do you like this game? And, of course, all their friends are into, you know, multiplayer RPG or something, so they're all <laughs> geeking out. And they're all loving it, and then it's still bombs. So I I love how you've put that together, Jeff, I have to say.
0: Great, great. I'd say for a $50 investment, you can get a really good focus group of strangers that will hate you and give you solid, (laughs)
4: solid advice.
1: (laughs) We all need strangers that hate us, Shahab. That's the key to success.
4: So was that number two? Was that tip number two?
1: That that was all of them actually. Tip number two. They all went by. They were. I was laughing over here in the background. All of them great. I mean, I'm just curious. We have maybe just a few minutes. Does anything here resonate with you, Shahab? I mean, he's been very blunt.
4: I think it's all amazing, and and even some of it kind of goes back to the 20s and 30s and 50s. You know, you got to know who you're selling to. Or your marketing and your product specifically will just you know, fall short and not make you those millions, you know, whether it takes an overnight kind of deal or you know, over a course of you know, like the I always bring up those uh, Angry Birds guys. I mean, they spent right. tens of millions of dollars before they even made any money. So: right. 25 you, you iterations,
1: gotta, by the way, Shahab, 20 or 25 20-25. iterations of the game. So 20. Yes. I mean, it was like 20 plus. So again, not an overnight success.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. On that one, that's a really interesting case because you look at Angry Birds and it's, it's an okay game. It keeps you engaged. But one of the things that I found was really, really impressive with the Angry Birds marketing opportunity is that they didn't just focus on the app. And I know we didn't get a chance to talk to this, but they started with a mobile app and then they went multi-platform and then they went browser and then they went merchandise and then they went television show, and then they went YouTube cartoons, and then they went ringtones, and then they went branding all over the place. It wasn't just get me downloads, get me downloads, get me downloads. Right? They really, really did a nice diversified approach to growing that whole
4: brand. Well, that's amazing. It, 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 it's definitely been a pleasure having you on. We have come to the end of our show. If our listeners wanted to reach out to you for you know help with their brand or apps or just to flesh, you know, any of these ideas out further, how do they get a hold of you, Jeff?
0: So they're always welcome to call. I'm sort of old school. I like to talk to people on the phone, obviously. My phone number 702-800-2131 gets my office, set an appointment. We can talk through anything. They can also email me, uh, blastoff at co. will get to me and we're sort of happy or they can visit our website, read more about what our firm does and who we are and Fill out the contact form, if they like, on
4: postlaunch.co. Perfect. And Peggy, how can the listeners get a hold of you?
1: You can email me, Peggy, at MobileGroove.com. MobileGroove.com is where you can also find my portfolio of work and services for small biz, indie developers, etc. You can follow me on Twitter, at Peggy Ann, And, of course, you can check out all the writing and companion posts I do around mobile, across the web, Forbes, the Harvard Business Review, Street Fight Mag and VentureBeat.
4: A true author, this one. <laughs> and listeners, you can get a hold of me on Twitter at Shahab Zagari. That's Z A R G A R I. And you can check out our portfolio at HigherGroundCreative Agency. Thanks again for listening in to Mobile Presence. Remember, new episodes of Mobile Presence air Wednesdays, 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can check out earlier episodes of our show by going to webmasterradio.fm, or you can find our shows on iTunes, Stitcher, Zune, and iHeartRadio simply by searching Mobile Presence. And finally, you can stay connected by downloading the Webmaster Radio mobile app from the iTunes App Store or Google Play. Thanks again for listening to Mobile Presence, your inside track on everything you need to reach and engage your target audience with mobile. And remember, every minute is mobile, so make every minute count. We'll see you next week.
3: The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Support for this podcast and the following
5: message come from Coriant.